0: Two, ready, One. Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining us here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Fishing USA. <laughs> I'm just getting loose. Doing a very, very extensive shoulder rolling exercise that we're all a party to. Absolutely. Also joining us, Jed
1: Breward. I do not approve of loose morals. Well, okay. How do you feel about loose shoulders? Uh, I feel like it's a slippery slope.
0: Okay, fair enough. That's certainly logical and not crazy at all. <laughs> also joining us, Lee Younger.
2: Okay, people are enjoying things that I didn't get, and I am upset about it, mm. and how dare you, how dare you, how dare you?
0: Okay, well, so, here's what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> Not cool. We've already slippery sloped. It's anarchy. Uh,
3: on that basis, oh. I declare an emergency.
0: Ooh! Wow! A the tasty smoothest of emergencies. Emergency. It's the Meltor Bay of emergencies. <laughs>
3: okay, so uh, here's what's happened. Uh, we're international, y'all. Woo. It's true. People love us all over the planet. Uh, some places more than others, yeah, and
0: we appreciate those people more than the other ones. The places we live, surprisingly low on that list.
3: Yeah, yeah they've had enough. <laughs> so, so fair. Uh, yeah.
0: uh, we had a fan in Australia, right? Which part of this are you asking about? We had a fan in the United States who uh, kindly donated some Tim Tams to the cause. Right, there, but... We had- but they're an Australian... Yes, these st- are okay, Australian so- cookie, recently become um, recently, uh, available in the States. We had a, a wonderful superfan who was actually part of a host team at the Bridge, yes. who brought us uh, a bounty of the Arnots Tim Tams, and then we had a message come in from a friend in Melbourne about a certain something you could do with those Tim Tams, right? which seemed uh, vague and exotic to us.
3: Well, she she said we needed to do we, we needed to take our tim tams and slam them,
0: and our interest was peaked.
3: And we were like, "Where do you want us to slam them?" No, we were not like that. <laughs> so, so uh, first of all, uh, I, it had to be explained to us what a tim tam is because we we don't know. Sure, we we're not we're simple cavemen. We're not in Australia, so we That's don't right. know. Well, this Australian snack that has come to us here in the United States, it's a uh, it, it's uh, a
0: cookie as a cookie should be.
3: It's like a rectangular.
0: You got either chocolate or caramel in the middle. Then it you have two chocolate wafers. Then you got chocolate over top of it.
1: The most irresistible chocolate biscuit. Wow! Right.
3: It's yeah. That's fair. It's rectangular. It's a. It's what you would call a a rhomboid. Uh, Equilateral, uh, that's rectangle, or you know, that's good.
0: Okay, so it's, don't don't bring math into cookies. Okay,
3: <laughs> that's right. Well, we were we were informed that there is a thing is very popular in the that w- what they call down under.
0: Mm. I don't think but, why would they call it that? They're there. That well, be down under to them,
3: exactly right. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I thought down under was something dirty, but it's not. It's just uh, Australia. They now, just walkabouts. That's right. That's and they put shrimps on Barbies. Yes, and I, I think a, a does bar-
0: all your knowledge of Australia come from Paul Hogan and Colin Hay? Yes, that's. right. I mean,
3: <laughs> a, a Barbie doesn't want to have shrimps thrown at her, so I don't know what's going on there. Oh but so here's what happens with the Tim Tam. It's it's like a long but slender cookie, yes, or biscuit, if you yes. will, depending on where you're at. Okay, so what you do is you take a small bite out of the upper left-hand corner Mm. of the Tim-Tam and a small bite out of the lower right-hand corner of the Tim-Tam, and it sort of forms a straw where you slurp. Seriously? Yeah, you slurp a liquid through it with no hands, and then it becomes like soft and mushy at some point. And then you have to put the whole thing inside of your mouth. Well, I'm intrigued now. And uh, so we said, let's make Jed do it. We know Jed. the man for this job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, now, I, think we're, we're, I think we're supposed to use coffee for that, isn't that? Nah, I, think that I don't we, drink coffee. Jed doesn't drink <laughs> coffee. He, he drinks uh, a, a substance known uh, to our Appalachian friends known as cheer wine. Uh-huh. Yes,
0: that's culture too.
3: Uh, it has no alcoholic uh, content. No, it's to
0: it. it's a, basically a cherry soda.
3: Uh, otherwise, this would be a, a much much more exciting episode, <laughs> uh, less moral but more exciting. I'll give you
1: some wisdom. So
3: what's a, what, what's about to happen is Jed is per the the insistence of our
0: superfans. One message on one Facebook comment that said, Tim Tam Slam would be funny.
3: It's like a rising tide of demand. Yes. And uh, so Jed is going to perform the Tim Tam Slam, which will be electrifying audio.
0: Yes. The Tim Tam Slam, which Jed has never seen. I watched the video once. Glenn's the only one who vaguely understands it. I'm still not entirely sure he understands it. Right. But we're going to narrate the Tim Tam Slam. And if it'll
3: help... I'll eat one just dry to see what's happening with that.
0: You're just doing that to punish Lee, aren't you?
3: Yes. Yeah, Lee didn't get wow. any any cookie at all. <laughs> you can
0: get him at the Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's mm-hmm. just going to keep doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, judge progress. He's. Either, or, okay, now Judd's going in. He's bitten one corner.
3: He's,
0: he's bitten the other corner
3: off. He's rotated. He's, he's got, got, got the got red soda in cup his mouth, and he's sucking it. We Please got, don't say that. He's
0: sucking. No. Keep sucking, He's John.
3: drinking. It's coming. It's coming. Stop it. Oh, his face is becoming... Oh, offended. that's that can't be And good. then... Oh, uh, and then...
0: <laughs> did you get it or it fell in? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> there's more. He's going in for more. Oh, uh, he's not it's, drinking it like a n- boiler maker. No, it's the just, just gonna come one the giant...
3: Sums-
1: it's pretty much just floating in there.
3: Oh, no.
0: <laughs> a total Tim Tam. Slam Let's, disaster. Let's uh, point the uh, cup towards the uh, the camera. Let's see the carnage here. Oh, that's unpleasant. Yeah, that's uh, well. That I'm going to call that a uh, a qualified success. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, we lost the Tim Tam. It's, uh, it's Man down. Yeah, the qualification being not at all.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, and I think this is a real shame. Jed will not be allowed to enter Australia at all. Yeah. On, yeah. <laughs> it's too bad. I think that's a uh, what it's do an international you call it? treaty, right? Yeah, it's like a, one of those things. Like you get a work visa, yeah, but you have to d- perform the Tim Tam Slam, and if you can't, they just figure you—you you don't belong. You don't have it together enough. So
1: yeah. it's a fair assessment. I—I I don't have it together.
3: Do, Jed, do you feel like you, you gave it all that you had? Do you feel like you gave it a hundred percent, left it all in the field? Here's how
1: little sports I've watched. I'm looking for something cliched to say, and I don't know what it would be.
0: So you got give a hundred percent. You got, we just got to take it one game at a time. Is, are those
1: things I can say when I lost, though? Yeah. Oh, hey, you know, man, we just we got to take it one, one, one game at a time. Right. You know what I mean? One Tim Tam at a time. Focus
0: you know? on next week's Tim Tam.
1: We got to focus on next week's Tim Tam.
3: <laughs> do, do, do you feel like um, you, you, uh, you, you, you gave it everything you had and um, we just got to come back tomorrow and, and try this all over again?
1: Yes, those things you said are exactly how I feel. <laughs>
3: You're going to well, hit I the think... practice field
2: hard. You hit the weight room hard. Yeah.
0: Lee, thank you for covering for Glenn, who just took an entire Tim Tam <laughs> in one bite while he was asking Jed a question well, he knew would have a response. Let me tell yeah. you right, right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was <saying>. like, <laughs> I really
3: like Tim Tam. It good eating.
0: If you gave four monkeys microphones, some days you would come away with better, more coherent audio than what happens on this show. That's, That's true. Right.
3: Well, here's the thing. We were asked to perform the Tim Tam Slam. Yeah. And we, we 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 made an attempt. Jed horribly, horribly, horribly failed. As is my tendency. Disappointed all of us. <laughs> And even worse than his horrible failure was his, his just completely passive acceptance of yeah. total failure. His
0: refusal to feel guilty about it. The entire Tim
3: Tam is just descended into his drinking cup. He shrugs his shoulders and just... Upends it. Upends to it. To eat the whole his, unholy mess. Just the, just the complacency. Yep. Well, to you
0: go back to the sports analogy, it's as if, and this is the, the press conference I always want, the honest one, where after someone loses a the game, they say, well, you know... Jim, what is? what do you got to do for next time? How does it feel? Instead of being like, it's really tough. And I hate to lose. like, no, I'm still rich. So <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. the nonchalance that with which Jet accepted failure or something I think we can all learn an important lesson from. And uh, um, Glenn is now not only cramming whole Tim Tams in his mouth, but just not even paying attention and reading the back of the box.
3: Hydrogenated palm oil. Ooh,
0: that's a good palm I'm going to go ahead and declare emergency off for us. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get any wisdom out of Glenn. He might just keep going with the Tim Tams. I'm
0: going to take the, uh, the box of other Tim Tams off the table. So emulsifiers. <laughs>
3: Hydrogenated palm oil.
0: You know, Glenn, sometimes, believe it or not, I question your uh, commitment to this show.
3: They're made in Australia. (laughs) So
0: there you go, y'all. Technically true. Well, we tried our best, and we failed miserably. The lesson is never try. One thing we do try at, because we continue to succeed at it, and that would be Bridgebox. We put that out every month. Um, The good thing about uh, Glenn's participation in Bridgebox is he just gives a sermon at the bridge, So when he doesn't have a mouthful of cookies, it would be rude to do that in person. So we don't have to like we don't have Glenn sing on the songs because he might just come in with a mouth chock full of biscuit, yeah, and then try to sing Amazing Grace and get stuff over the mic. So we don't want that. So we, we have that, we have songs, we have sermons, we have Bible studies, lots of great stuff. Every month, based around the topic, what's we'll our topic heading into October? Joe. Heading into October is how do I stop being afraid all the time? There you go, so lots of good stuff on that. Um, only $8 a month. Check out, head on over to missionusa.com, slash bridgebox, check out what all that's about. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. It came in anonymously, and it says... I started dating this guy who's also a Christian, and he and I are hitting things off in terms of compatibility, faith, values, and cultural backgrounds. We set boundaries well. The one thing I have a problem with is because he is my first boyfriend, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. I think about him all the time and how he makes me feel. I know that I'm supposed to serve and love God with all my heart and soul, but how does one stay focused when being in a new relationship? I am so distracted now. Uh, Lee, you deal with a lot of young folks going through that first kind of um, blush of relationship stuff. And uh, what would you say to this?
2: Uh, I would say, question asker, thanks for writing in. We're going to ask you to sit over to the side for a second while we try to gather all of Christendom and say, way to go, guys. You ruined Ooh. happiness. Yeah. You took happiness and joy and loveliness and you completely ruined it. Yeah. You made people feel bad for things that are nice. Someone has found someone with whom they are compatible. They are walking with the Lord, setting healthy boundaries, and yet they still feel guilty. Way to go, Christendom. You did it. (laughs) You did it. You took something lovely and sweet and made it horrible. Uh, Question asker, it's not your fault. Um. (laughs) And uh, th- this is the thing is that people really do feel bad for being happy. Um, you're, you're supposed to be happy about this stuff. This is not a bad thing. You're supposed to enjoy those, those feelings of, of being in love. I mean, God put all that in you. This is supposed to be fun. Dating is supposed to be fun. Um, being in a lovely relationship, especially when you're doing this thing well. You know, you you're uh you're enjoying the time that you're spending together, you're making a connection, you're you have had this conversation about setting boundaries, and you're maintaining those. I mean, this is all positive stuff. Uh, you know, the, the only thing that's that's not good here is that 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 we have some some uh there there's some fear that there's a nebulous reason out there that we should feel guilty about this. You know, that 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 I shouldn't I shouldn't be into this. I should you know, I should probably be miserable. That would be more holy. Um, you know, I, I would say you should enjoy yourself. You should enjoy this, this, this whole deal. Um, enjoy the way it feels. Journal about it. T- talk to your friends about it. Just the whole deal. Enjoy it. it now, and, and if you really want to make sure that your walk with the Lord is still where it needs to be, then I would say, you know, feed off of this new energy and joy and everything and, and find out what the Lord has for you and just, and just serve Him. And, and if you really want to turn this up, find a way that you and this dude can serve Jesus together. Um, that is fun on a whole different level as far as the relationship stuff. But, but man, I, I would say congratulations. You're, you're in something yeah. that's supposed to be fun, and I, I hope that you can enjoy it. I hope you can uh, just... That, that you can kind of look back at the whole Christian thing and just say, you know what, guys? I'm going to give myself permission to enjoy my current happiness. Yep. Um, let's let's figure out a way to do that.
0: Yep. I think that's a very worthy goal for us all. And Glenn, I'd love for you to, to pick us up there. And um, there is a uh, a reality here, which is this distraction thing, which I think yeah. is Glenn's, at least pointing out. That's that's real. By the way, you're not making no. that up. That, no. uh, not that you are distracted, but that people are trying to convince you are distracted. Right, this right. idea: of How can you love God if you're just out there being happy? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yes. again, that you you get that message, and i start started to all things because there. If God gave you a relationship, maybe He wants you to enjoy that. That seems to be missing from this equation. Yeah, for
3: sure. I mean, I, I, is distracted a bad thing? I mean, in other words, if you if, if
0: was all the time that you're now spending thinking about this dude, thinking about uh, the deep spiritual truths and how right. to serve the needy? Exactly it? right. Yeah.
3: Is, is it okay that I just don't care what Congress is doing right now because this dreamy guy is really hot for me? Irresponsible! <laughs> I, I think that's okay. Be distracted. That's kind of what life Stop is Stop thinking all about. about your
0: boyfriend and think about Kashmir for <laughs> the love of all that's holy. Right. You mean know, the Zeppelin tune? Both. Okay. You mean the
3: sweater? Yes. Okay. So, so, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think there's a sense of um, wanting to orient ourselves by finding the fear, and that's not going to work well for this relationship at all. It's not a holy thing. It's not a godly thing. It's not how godly relationships are put together. You don't say, what should we be afraid of? And then we address that. It's, it's, It's really good to have the kind of energy and the excitement that you feel, if that's distracting you towards something positive, away from something negative, that's good. It's good to have distractions from negative things. But I think it's about taking that energy, that positive energy, and channeling that towards something good and productive, Mm -hmm. exactly as Lee was saying. Um, I think uh, that starts by putting God at the center of that. So that means... The more that we invest in this relationship, we're also investing in our individual relationships with God. It's all one thing. So that part of that might be um, where I'm sharing my struggles with a, a person that I'm dating with, and they're sharing their struggles with me, and we're praying for one another, and we're looking up some Bible verses on that, and what have you. So our time together is also an iron sharpening iron type of thing, so it, it all benefits uh, this idea of it's either relationship fun, which means God is nowhere we're in it, essentially
0: cheating on Jesus. <laughs> that's right. Way to or go. we're
3: we're doing Jesus and we're we're trying to mostly not feel excited about this relationship. That's that's completely crazy. Um, but <laughs> as as Lee is saying here, uh, in fact, I'll take what Lee is saying and, and go an, uh, an inch further and say. Let's let's start talking about a calling for this relationship. Mm. That might be a bit of an elaborate word, but let's find a, a sense of purpose for it. Let's let's find a project that you and this person can do together. That might be uh, volunteering uh, with the youth in your church. It might be uh, doing a Habitat for Humanity type of thing, uh, going to a soup kitchen, uh, any kind of thing. It, it could even be organizing a Bible study together, inviting your friends over, whatever that might be. But working that out together, uh, figuring out the teamwork elements to that it will mm-hmm. sharpen areas of your relationship, but it's also allowing you to serve the Lord in a better way together than you could individually. And as Lee is saying, I think he's absolutely on point, that's where the really intense fun is for, for a Christian couple.
0: That's absolutely right. And Jed, if I can uh, impinge on you to share a personal story, that's actually, you have some firsthand experience with that, being that you were in full-time ministry when you uh, met your wife and kind of went through this. Thing as it is described, right?
1: Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. So, today I'm married to a woman named Hallie, and uh, we. She's better than you. She is better than me in every way, and it's not close. Yeah. Uh, But we. Good job. Yes. Yes. It's like
3: a Wonder Woman married like a monkey.
1: Yeah, no, it's exactly (laughs) like that. Yeah. It is exactly like that. And uh like
3: went to the zoo and, and
1: Yes, yeah, and picked out a monkey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it basically my main mission every day is just distraction to keep my wife from noticing yeah. this. Right. Yep.
3: Right. Because, you know keep it up.
1: Yeah. It's one of those hey, you see how the trash has been taken out? Yeah, focus on that. That's good. That's right. great. Right. Don't 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 think too hard about other things. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, Hallie's better than me in every way, Um, and we have, you know, we're very, very blessed to have a marriage where we are able—so the definition of a Christian marriage is one where each person in that marriage is able to serve the Lord more effectively than they could as, as a part of that marriage than they could as a single person. That's right. the definition of a Christian marriage. And I'm super blessed that Hallie and I have a marriage where that's true. We're, we're both able to serve the Lord and do things that we could not do as single people that we're, we're able to do as a part of a married team. And that's, that's awesome. And it's fantastic. Here's where that started. I went on my first date with uh, my now wife and I was so bowled over with excitement and being smitten, and this is all I can think about. Glenn can attest, I'm not, you know, sometimes you hear Christian authors say, I saw her from across the room and I just knew. I just knew in that yeah, moment uh, yeah no i 'm not talking about that i 'm yeah. talking about I went on a date with a woman who was massively out of my league, and I came home from that was like oh god that 's all I can think about that 's right. all that 's on my radar <laughs> that's
3: right.
1: and it was like that, basically until we got married yes. Now, there was a ton of work that went on in there and a ton of, of being courageous and facing things head on and dealing with issues and dealing with problems. But you, you describe, you say in your thing, um, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. think about this person and how they make me feel. Yes. Yeah, all probably. day, every day. <laughs> um, I'm so distracted now yes, when I began dating my wife, that was all I could think about. Right, right. <laughs> that was all that was on the screen of just
3: about 24 and, hours. And you date. needed to focus on that, Jess. And I really did. You had to really focus on, I gotta keep this going somehow, and it's yeah. gonna take all my brain power to figure it out. And fortunately,
1: I had godly people around me who came in and said, yeah, no, no, focus on that. That's, <laughs> I have no idea how you convince this woman to go on a date with you, but right. focus strongly and sharply on that. Let's right. figure that Part out. I tell you all that to say, you know, today we have, we actually have a good marriage and we're able to serve the Lord. But that didn't, that didn't come from saying, well, I'm very excited about this. It's probably a sin. I right. should probably. You know, just- you know, just really keep things. It came from embracing the fact I'm crazy about this person. I want to keep that in bounds. Yes, but I'm crazy about her and she's crazy about me and I'm delighted and I'm excited and she's delighted and she's excited. We're going to try and figure out how to, how to point all that energy in a good and positive direction, Mm -hmm. but we're also going to embrace the fact that we are both super duper excited. If, if, if we can do that, you can do that too.
0: Yeah, it's a really fantastic point. One of the things, and Glenn mentioned in this idea of energy um, being involved in this and it's It's true, but one of the misconceptions about that is that we all just have this finite supply of energy, and anything that's not uh, reading books of theology is an inherent waste of that energy, because you're just squandering it. Right. You're sitting around, you're not thinking about substantiation at all. Like, you don't even care. Um, But that's not really the way energy works. You can do things that energize you. You can do things that sap your energy. Going back to Lee's comment about how Christians have ruined everything fun and good. Um, so if this is if relationship is good, if it's energizing you, you're gonna end up getting a lot more done than you would. And again, as I put in the blog post about this, are people walking up to you and saying, "You know, I feel like um, there's just something missing in my life, and if only there was some kind of forgiveness and you know communion with some a higher being, that would really be it." But I, I don't, I don't really know anything like that. And you're saying, "Shut up, I'm thinking about my boyfriend." It's <laughs> <laughs> probably not going on. as you're pro- you're probably driving in the car and. Thinking about how dreamy your boyfriend is, as opposed to singing along with the song. Right. And that's cool. That's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and th- th- that is actually biblical, exactly kind of as, as Jed's saying there. When you focus on those things, when you find that, that is going to make more good stuff happen. You know, Paul puts it in Philippians 4, starting verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy, think about such things. You notice he didn't say whatever is biblical, whatever is buttoned up, whatever is proper and correct. Think about such things.
3: He also says any of those things. Yeah, don't
0: get, don't get don't don't get all thinking about nice things just because they're nice. Right. God, you're on God's time now. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so again, and we None of that is to make fun of you because this is something that has been put on you. But that idea of not yep. even relationship stuff of just like I'm having fun. I'm probably this is probably time I could be used. Making a wood carving of a Bible verse—I don't know what yep. people do, yep. but something like that. And it's, if you're, if you're, you've got—is it talked about some stuff about relationships that Lee was talking about in the last episode. If God gave you a relationship or uh, a hobby or a friendship or just time to stare at a wall, and that to be enjoyed, uh, enjoying that is holy. Uh, sup- sucking the joy out of that is actually a sin. Right, And other people are trying to put that on you, but, but don't let them. If it's all within bounds, which it certainly sounds like it is, then it is there to be enjoyed. We're going to move on to our second question here. It comes in. Uh, this is actually, this is not come in. This is uh, from a post that Glenn did on his blog. It's very popular. Oh, oh well. Who's Glenn? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Glenn put in a post on the blog, and also, but it's based on a, uh, a speaking gig he did for a, a crew. And that's short for something, but I don't, I don't know. And Crouton. I, oh, mm. campus croutons for Christ. <laughs> the, the Illinois Institute of Technology, no less a place. Yes. Um, yeah. So some lovely folks down there at the crew being there. Yeah. But the topic mm-hmm. was, uh, what do you do when you feel like you're wandering in the wilderness when you have no direction? This is a group of college kids. So I thought that, and Glenn did a really great post on this on glenn.com. So I thought this would apply to our podcast listeners, but Glenn, why don't you start us off on this?
3: For sure. I, Part of what I wanted to do with this and answering this on the podcast is I wanted to take the stuff that got uh, sort of the most uh, strong reaction when I did this and kind of isolate on those points. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'll introduce uh, three of those points with with a simple idea. I had spoken to this group previously, and and the last time I was there, I asked them, you you know, we have the podcast and we do... Uh, interviews with uh, artists and and authors and that kind of thing. Is there a certain author or or musician or something that you'd just really love to hear on the podcast? And maybe you know, we'll try and sign them up for it. And uh, uh, one of the uh, people I was talking with on that said the name of a theologian. And it would be amazing if we got that theologian on the show. They mentioned another theologian. He said, that guy would be even more amazing if you could get him on the show. And I said in a way that I think of as pretty polite, "Uh, no, it wouldn't. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Our show isn't for nerds, <laughs> right, nerd. Right. No nerds allowed.
3: <laughs> I mean, what would be amazing about that? Yeah, I, mean,
0: this, I mean, if you like the book, that's cool, but he wrote the book, just read that. Yeah,
3: I mean, that's there's nothing particularly interesting about that. But it's this idea that I <laughs> uh, I got from that conversation that uh, Christianity is at its most pure and exciting and essential and engaging when it's its, at its most academic. And that is super (laughs) crazy insane not true. That is the opposite of what Jesus said uh, to the religious leaders that he came and he dealt with. But the reason why I bring that up is I think when you have an academic focus on your Christianity, when Christianity is something that you read about, you will discover that you don't have any sense of purpose Uh, In that you don't have that sense of direction in your life because academics doesn't give you that.
0: Mm -hmm. You can't
3: go to the store and buy a book and it says, you know what you ought to do? You ought to do X. But if you have a mentor, if you have somebody who's leading you and encouraging you and discipling you, they can say, here's a gift I think you have or here's something I think would be a really good fit for you. And they can lead you through that. So I think that's the first thing really is moving beyond that academic... Uh, Christianity, another thing I shared with them was don't chase fame. If you mm-hmm. want to have direction in life and uh-huh. you know, do something significant and important for for the Lord, that's great. I think you ought to have a big picture vision. You ought to want to do amazing things for the Lord. I, I want to do amazing things for the Lord. Um, don't want to be famous, because famous is nothing. It has no value. It is not important. It uh, serves almost no purpose. For most people, find they don't like it when they when they get it. Right. Uh, as I told them, uh, I I had a little uh, blush of fame early on in my career, and I've had little moments since then. And it's a constant reminder. The first time that happens, it's great. The after that, it's pretty nice. And then after that, it's just kind of been there, done that. It's really not that satisfying. Uh there's a, also a sense of uh, that we need to have, if we're going to make a difference for the kingdom, that we need to have a, a real sense of an acceptance of failure, to look at hmm. uh, being willing to, to ask that girl out and have her say no, be willing to talk to that friend about Jesus and have them not be cool about it, to, to be willing to try to uh, do things for the kingdom that you don't know how to do, because... At that point, you'll find yourself getting desperate, and if you get desperate, you might actually ask God for help. Mm. Well, most people don't until they are desperate, so if that's you, just go ahead and get desperate. Uh, but I think there's a, a <laughs> sense of—the best Christianity is one where there's the least failure in it, and I think the opposite is true. Right. If you're not failing, you're not trying, so uh, you're just at 100% non-functionality. That's, you're, you're at 0% success at that point. So if you're trying and failing, uh, you're almost certainly moving forward. Uh, if you learn from that failure, as most people eventually will, you'll you'll be better for it. And finally, uh, don't chase security. Um, we've seen this so many, so many times uh, where people have a choice to do something for the kingdom that doesn't have as much money available to it and the security doesn't look like it's there. I don't know if that money will still keep coming. But there's this other thing, and the money's there, and it's really solid, and it's really reliable. So I'm going to go that route. Roughly 100% of the time, we've seen that not work out. Yep. The money just dries up in that place. Meanwhile, we're doing the thing that looks like we ought to be broke, and somehow we keep paying our bills. So I think chasing that sense of security and, and looking to yourself for that gets you in a mindset of worrying about all the wrong things and a sense that you can control something that you can't.
0: Absolutely right. And I think that's a really fantastic place to start us off. And Jed, I like this I'd love for you to you pick us up there. I like this wandering in the in the wilderness analogy. Yes. And I think Glenn gave us a lot of uh, navigation points based on that. If we you to give us some more.
1: Okay. So I um I'm gonna return to my wife because it's one of my favorite subjects. And um uh, how well, a great
0: country album. Sounds
1: yes. like you're distracted, Jed. Yeah, no, I super am. I, I super <laughs> am. That that's still going on. Way to so, go. Jed. Well, yeah. Occasionally,
0: Jed and I will be on the way to like a ministry thing, right. and he'll be driving, and Lyle will turn, he'll just be sitting there and say, Jed, I think we should go. I'll say, shut up, I'm thinking about my wife. Right. And I'll just <laughs> like, stare it off. It's weird, like we'll never but, get there. Yeah, yeah. In this particular case, I'm thinking about my wife because uh,
1: she was in the army, and that means that she has been trained to literally answer the question, if you are wandering in the wilderness and you have no direction, how do you find your way? So I did something that um, uh, all people should do. I asked my wife what the answer to this question is. Um, If you go, just as a hint, if you go to a church and the preaching is not very good, that's a dude who doesn't ask his wife. Just a pro tip. That
3: is so, so true. Yeah. I'm giving up a whole rant I have about that. You have
1: the floor. You've got the floor. No, no,
3: that's just really true.
1: Ask your wife, dude. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah. Ask her. Ask it.
1: And also, here's another thing, Christian men. If your wife gives you advice and you ignore it, God will curse you.
0: If your wife says... I'm not making this up. God punishes me for not listening to Glenn and Jed's wives. Yeah. Yeah. That's just... The, the, <laughs> these guys tell a story about, uh, my wife said, you know, take an umbrella because it's going to rain. I did and I didn't worry about it. God does that to me. Yeah. yeah. That's how bad this is. Yeah. yeah. Listen to your wife. That's right.
1: So in this case, I listened to my wife and I asked Hallie, okay, what's the answer to this question? And Hallie tells me, in the army, here's what you do if you're lost in the wilderness. Find any kind of known points that you can any kind of landmarks any kind of anything where you roughly speaking know well that's kind of sort of got to be east or that's got to kind of sort of be south and then you navigate as best you can based on those fixed known points that you can find and that's where you begin okay it turns out actually we can do the exact same thing with spiritual stuff joy is good Right. Mm. Things that give us joy that produce that sense of tuning fork within us move towards those things. Yeah. Right. Move in that direction. Despair is bad. Things that lead to us hating our lives and hating ourselves and hating the world move away from those things.
3: Interesting. But like a... but what if it's like a really holy despair? A really good despair. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as as a
1: you know as a serious thought, I, um, I talk to a lot of people that are going through rough times in their lives, and very very often that conversation will include me saying, "What brings you joy? What what just makes you feel good and makes you feel alive?" And yeah, there are people that I talk to that go, "Man, I don't even know anymore." But there are far more people that I talk to that immediately have an answer to that question. I mean, immediately, reflexively. And I say, okay, how often do you do that? Long pause. Long pause. I don't know. Every once in a while. <laughs> right. in a couple of weeks. Okay. You, you don't know where you're headed. You don't know what you're doing. You have a thing that consistently brings you joy when you do it. Move towards that thing. Yeah. Um... If you, if, if you are, for example, lost in a dark cave, move towards the light. <laughs>
2: if, but but if, Jed, oh. the dark night of the soul is so sexy.
1: It's not. It's write, super, wait, super not. Let me write that down. If you are lost in a dark cave, move towards the light. This okay. is generally good advice.
3: Okay. Now, is there a reason why, Jed, that we move towards the light? Because it's good. Oh, yeah. Like, that would be the way out. That would that be the
1: way, way. out. That would be the way out of the cave. Unless you wish to become a permanent cave dweller. Uh-huh. And that's cool. I don't judge.
3: We're not judging.
1: Whatever you're into. If maybe you like caves. That's cool. Right, it's right. not my point. Maybe it's spelunking. Yep. Maybe that's your thing. That's what gives you joy. Sure. But if, if you enjoy non-cave-based activities, you want to find the exit. You want to move out of this cave. Move towards things that bring you joy. I bet, if you think about it, most people have at least some sense of things that bring them joy. Increase those things in your life. Find find a way to do that. Pursue them aggressively. The more that you do that, the more you'll realize other fixed points you can navigate on. This gives me peace. This gives me serenity. This gives me belonging. Move in those directions. Move away from the things that tear you down and give you despair and make you hate everything.
0: That's a really fantastic way to go. Don't stay in the cave, folks. Don't stay get, in the cave. If you have one thing from this, just don't don't leave the cave. It's great. It's, it's warm out for a little while longer. I think <laughs> I it's uh like really caves. fast stuff and Lee, I'm wondering if you, these guys have given a lot of really good big picture advice. Sure. I'm wondering if you can give us something kind of a practical, I could go do this tomorrow and get started right. on this journey.
2: Yeah, I love, I love that setup because I think for a, a, a lot of folks, and especially young people, the answer that they want is the big picture answer. They want to know yeah. wh- what what is the thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life that's going to be the answer. You know, If I'm wandering in the wilderness, it's because I don't have my... Whatever that thing is, career and stuff like that. One thing that we should say to young people, especially folks coming out of high school or folks who are in university and stuff like that, is a lot of people have many, many, many different careers throughout their life. Um, it's It's not everybody that picks the one thing and stays there for their entire life. That's their purpose. That's their point, And they just stay there and love it the whole time. Lots of people change over the course. But for most people, the reason that they're wandering around is they want that big answer. And the deal is, is that there are, not that there's anything wrong with finding your career and finding all that kind of, that's all great. But in the meantime, just as Jed's saying, there are some things that you can chase right now today that are small, practical things that can give you a lot of peace, a lot of joy, a lot of a sense of satisfaction and um, <clears throat> and for instance, like if you so if you go to a church. There are things that – there are classrooms and hospitality tables and different things like that that have to be set up. Uh, There might be sound equipment that needs to be loaded in, loaded out, that kind of thing. And if you decided, I'm going to talk to somebody and find out when the setup happens, and I'm going to come early – and I'm going to help somebody just by setting up, or I'm going to run some Xerox copies for some, for some Sunday school teachers and, and set up some chairs and, and, and brew the coffee or whatever the thing is. That is something that you can do right now when you don't know what your you know long-term whatever is, and it will actually make a difference to a lot of people. Um, if you were to go down to Walmart today and buy some, some blank stationery, and took a pen and then asked yourself the question who is somebody in my life that could use a word of encouragement right now having a hard time had a tough week had a big thing that they're going through and you write them a note of encouragement a handwritten note and you get them to get that to them some you know in some way mail it to them or you know leave it in their car whatever the deal is that is something that will make an actual difference to a person's life right now and it's something that, it's, it's it's exactly what Glenn said where, I and, and I loved his blog post about this question, because for a lot of people, you know, like he was saying, Christianity is something that you read about or something that you learn about, when what Jesus said is, follow me. There are things I would like you to do, and there are things that you can do right now. Like the Paul in the book of Romans chapter 12 said, if you have the gift of encouragement, then encourage people. Amen. And so that's something that you can do right now. While you're at Walmart getting the blank stationery, grab a brownie mix. Throw that thing together while you're watching a show or something, and and then you know take that to somebody who's down and out, somebody that's having a hard time, and then sit with them and ask them how they're doing, and then just listen to them. That's something that you can do without knowing your broad, huge direction for your life right now today. There's all kinds of little things like that, stuff that you can do because... This is primarily walking with Jesus. It is something that we do. It is something that, not, not just something that you read about or whatever, just like Glenn said, it's something that you do. And there are things that you can do right now, right there today with the people in your life that even though they feel like small things to you, they can actually make a huge difference to somebody else, somebody that's in a ministry, somebody that's having a tough time, whatever the deal is, somebody at church, whatever. Just today, when I got to church, we had all kinds of stuff that was left out from another ministry gig and somebody else came early and and tore all that stuff down and put it away. And it gave me time to get stuff ready for the, you know, for the band who was coming up to rehearse, and I was going to have to do that. And so the person that came and showed up and did that thing early, they made my whole morning different. And so that's the kind of little stuff that you can do. And I promise you, it's going to make you feel better. It's going to give you that sense of service, that sense of even in small ways, we're moving the kingdom forward. It's going to make you feel differently about your life and feel differently about your day today.
0: That's a really fantastic and very easy and practical point. One thing I would, I would add before we move on from this situation, this kind of goes on to, uh, what, where Jed started us off. Um, and I, I think I can speak for all four of us on this podcast. But I'm sure i speak for myself when I say been exactly where you're talking about here, friend. And, um, this is not the advice a certain group type of person wants to hear. Maybe if you lean a little more towards the depressive, which I mean, again, speaking from experience here, sounds like the kind of person who'd use the phrase. i just feel like I'm wandering in the wilderness with no direction. It's a bit dramatic, but not wrong. Quite. Um, do something. Yeah. Um, that some. In the, when you're in this kind of space in life, and again, been there, spent more years, than I'd like to admit, something is way better than nothing. So yeah. whatever it is, as as Lee's saying, if it's, well, you know, this is many people, they made the announcement at church, they need help with the nursery, and you know, kids are fine. I could do that. That's that's cool. If it's you know, well, I like dogs, and there's a dog shelter. Go to the dog shelter. Do. You, uh, cha- change your hair color. Do something. If you are miserable, people of the world, if we could plant one thought from uh, your friends on the Sat podcast to your brain, it would be: if you're miserable, change something. Yes. Almost indiscriminately, just change something. <laughs> if you ate eggs for breakfast and you're miserable, stop. Have some yogurt. Yes. And not eggs. Nice just slice change, of ham. Just change something. We, we had pray your
3: point, we had a guy in our ministry. Came out of the prison, uh, got into doing a dog walking and, and dog training. Yep. It, it, everywhere he walks a dog, he meets people. They're petting the dog. He's witnessing all day long. It's a total ministry. It's great.
0: And it's a great point because when you you he probably could not see the end result of right. uh, amazing ministry and happy life that's from, right. I don't know, I need a couple of bucks, maybe I'll walk a dog.
3: Right, yeah that's right. He just loved dogs, but God used it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can speak, again, from personal experience to you. I can I can now time, draw a direct line from the job I have now to the ministry I used to volunteer with when I lived in Tennessee It was uh, hanging out with Lee a lot. And it's one of those things of, I was in not a great place in life with the post-college and the bad job and the whatnot, but I knew this was good and I like doing it and I like the children. So I'll keep doing this. Um, don't really know where it's going. Don't think it's going anywhere. Um, but it's fine and I like it. And it, as we were talking about the previous thing, it brings me a little bit of joy. I will do that. And then... You meet the people, and the people know the people, and you go on the trip, and you meet the people. None of that's going to happen if you just stay. in I feel lost. I'll stay in my cave. You've got to leave the cave. You leave the cave. Don't walk, stay in the cave. Walk towards the light. Towards! Okay. Oh, towards <laughs> the light. Unless you're just cave people. That's, that's fine. Right. We but, respect that. And that, that. But that would be chasing your bliss further into the cave, and right. that's fine, too. But motion is a big thing either way. And again, it's one of those things where when you're when you're in that bad place, it's like, well, I don't even know what would come of that. And again, if you have a certain brain chemistry makeup that your your brain is telling you that, and this goes back to what we were talking about with the uh, the lies of whisper, the devil whispers on the last show, of it's not going to go anywhere. So what? Right. It's either do a thing or sit here thinking about how everything sucks. Just do something. A simple and followable advice. We're we'll going to move on to our final question here. This is actually a... Uh, a repurpose of a question that came into our radio show, The Bridge Loud, three AM Saturday and Sunday on Q Rock one hundred point seven. The podcast comes out every Friday. The Bridge Loud,
3: rocking the Southland.
0: We are rocking the Southland. That is the Southland of Chicago. That's not like a Skinnered station or anything. That's
3: right.
0: Well, this is a great question that uh, we think again. I'll uh, there, and it's, it's weird. I I often joke uh, to these guys that. There's basically six or seven areas of question we get, and it's kind of permutations of that, which is cool, because what that allows us to do is really get into some depth on those permutations and help people out. But one of the interesting things about this question is it's actually a kind of emotional thing. I don't know we've really dealt with on this show, which is pretty cool. So the question came in from someone, and it says, I had this awful boss a couple years ago. I just found out he's doing terrible. Part of me is happy. Am I a bad person? A
3: little
0: bit. <laughs> so, Jed, uh, you you, uh, you uh, head up our radio ministry, so when stuff comes into the email address, but uh, A, why did this jump out as something worth uh, exploring, and what, wh- where would we start on this?
1: Well, it's, it's good. It's a great question. So it jumped out as something worth exploring because we all feel this way. Yes. Everyone. There are two kinds of people, people who feel this way and people who lie about feeling this way. <laughs> I
0: don't know what you're talking about, Jed. I never giggle when I drive by the person who passed me in traffic getting pulled over. Right. That's awful. That doesn't sound like something I would have done on the way over here today. But I'm really glad that
1: we're looking at this on Say That, because you know when we do the Bridge Loud, that's actually meant for people who, at the very least, don't go to church and, and probably are not Christian.
3: Um, yeah. it's, You're getting out of the club at three in the morning and you like rock music. The the
0: Q Rock uh, website has a babe of the day section. It is not. It's not exactly Moody Radio over there at Q Rock.
3: It's not a small child. No, no, no. It's a scantily clad woman. Yes, Yes,
0: that's correct.
1: So, when we, when we look at stuff on that show, it's obviously coming from a Christian perspective, but um, we don't start out by reading a Bible verse, because mm. uh, it's just a different group of people that we're doing with. So, give us to say that. We will start out by reading a Bible verse. Oh. Deal with it, Presbyterians. You're about to get Bibled in your
4: face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Mm. Oh. The sixth verse. Would that be the
0: letter to the Corinthians?
1: The letter to the church at Corinth. Thank you. In the 13th chapter, Mm -hmm. the sixth verse. The Apostle Paul writes in the King James, Rejoiceth not in iniquity, Mm. but rejoiceth in the truth. Let us read now from an intelligible version of the Bible. (laughs) We'll turn to the new, not really very much so anymore, but the new international version. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So, are you a bad person?
0: Yes! Yes, of course you are! (laughs) Ted, don't let me question your Bibling. What if the truth is that that guy was a jerk? And I'm just (laughs) rejoicing in that.
3: (laughs) You got to look for the loopholes. No doubt.
1: The conventional understanding for the last 2000 years has been, if it makes you happy when something bad happens to someone else, that's in violation of the verse I just read. You can look for all the loopholes you want, but here's the key thing. This is actually a lot of what we talked about on the bridge loud. And it really applies here is now that we've bibled you, let's set that aside for a second. Right. Let's, let's set that, you know, sense of morality and right and wrong aside because what we really need to, to answer here is why do we feel this way? What's – I mean, yeah. I mean we all experience a certain degree of hee-hee, but why do we care? What's driving this? That's what we really, really need to know. And I think the thing that we so often run into is we want the world to be fair and we want the world to be just. And it's not. It's super not. We live in a fallen world. You know, I mean – um that's, that's just the nature of, of the existence that we have. This world is not fair. It is not just. At its most fair moments, it is woefully beneath the fairness that it should have. It's just um, – but I think we feel like when people that have been uncool to us, when something bad happens to them, I think we feel like maybe the world moved a little bit towards fairness in that moment. Now here's the thing. A, it didn't. It's, that's just not how justice and fairness work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can feel that way, but it's not true. But here's the other more important part. Our life didn't get any better as a result of that thing happening. You know, If someone, you know, we talked about this on the radio show, if someone ripped you off for money um, and then they get in a car accident, money doesn't appear in your bank account as a result of that. They still ripped you off and you're still living with the ramifications of that. You know, I mean, you have not, (laughs) no wrong has been righted here. It's just... It's just two bad things have happened. The net entropy in the world has has increased. The answer here is not so much to declare this is wrong, therefore I will not think that way, because that never works with anything. Right. Uh just, just as a heads up, just say, Well, I told you it was wrong, so you just don't do it anymore. That literally never, ever works. I hope I'm not the first person telling you this. Um, (laughs) But the the answer is build your own life regardless of what is happening with the people that have been uncool to you. Mm. If you go around measuring your life against people that have been uncool to you, you are still dancing to their tune. They're still pulling your string. They still have an enormous amount of influence on your life. But if you, walking with the Lord, build a life that is good and satisfying and exciting, where you can get to a place where in a holy sense you say, I don't care. I just don't care. It's. I hope they're doing fine, but I don't. I got my own life to live. I, I don't care. That's the place where we get peace. That's the place where we get freedom. That's the place where where we uh, have reached a, a sense of, of healing and maturity. And that's the thing that we want for you. And the thing about rejoicing in the wrong is, and why God says not to go that route, is that's pointed in the opposite direction. That's pointed in the direction of giving them more influence in your life, not less.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really important point there. And Lee, I'd love to get you to pick us up there, because I think another— Important aspect where we can jump off what uh, Jed was saying there is, yes, you're a bad person. That's the whole point (laughs) of very large chunks of the Bible. But as as I think Jed is importantly pointing out, and as we talked about some other church culture stuff, there's this idea of, well, there's like bad in the way that pastor admits that sometimes he says darn when someone cuts him off in traffic. Uh-huh. But then there's like bad where people do like naughty stuff, bad. Mm. So there's like, I'm, I'm bad, ha, 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 but I'm not like bad. Sure. So part of this, when we have these things, if you know, and we've talked about this a lot on the show that you actually don't have control over your emotions that you have control over what you do with them, but the feeling just leaps on you. So when you get this, Big smack in the face of oh I really enjoyed that horrible thing that happened to that person yeah that can't be good that's that's telling us a truth about ourselves that while immediately unpleasant can be a door to freedom if we follow it right mm-hmm.
2: yeah absolutely I think uh, I, I love the way Jed said this earlier because the the idea that the ought tos ever get me anywhere uh, I, I, I need to I need to move past that um, I, I've never gotten anywhere with the ought to. You know i i this is a bad thing, and so therefore um i I ought to be, be a better person than this. well, that's just not gonna do anything for me i I thing, ought
0: to eat kale three meals a day <laughs> ain't gonna happen
2: I, 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 that, I mean here's the deal it's like when when somebody's been a jerk to me and then something awful happens to him, that feels amazing i mean it just is wonderful it's it's delicious, you know it's just I love. <laughs> Everything about it. I mean, the it's like, there's like, like the schadenfreude. I mean, it's just like, it's even, that's just a great word. I enjoy the, I enjoy all the pieces about it, you know? And so, you know, the thing that I try to do is when this feeling leaps upon me, as, as you say, Matt, as I just try to be real honest about it. Um, and let's start there. Um, you know, in, in my relationship with the Lord or whoever I'm talking to or whatever, I just try to be real honest with myself about it and say, okay, uh, this thing that, it feels awesome that, that that person fell down right there and busted their nose. That's, that is, that's exactly what should have happened because I don't like them. And um, that feels great. But for me, I, I need to move past that by saying, uh, that's not a great thing in me. And so, what I'm going to try to do is, I'm going to try to keep this whole emotion to a dull roar by I'm just not going to engage this anymore. I'm I'm, I'm going to try to not engage the conversation further because I like it a lot. And if so, if I stay in there, I'm I'm going to make this worse. Um, and and the reason I say that is, and and I think that makes a that idea makes Christians uncomfortable because it's like, well, are you just admitting that you've got this this thing in you that's not good, and we're not going to really. Address it, and and kind of, because that always feels that way to me. I mean, I hate to say that, but I, I have a lot of areas of sin. You know, I, I don't yeah. know about these people that are like, you know, I'm I'm pretty much already there. I, I'm not that way. I've got a lot of stuff that the Lord is working on. I can't do all of it right now, and so some of the stuff I need to kind of table it and and come up with some best practices for when I feel it. Does that make sense? So I feel this thing. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the next five minutes well, not get to a place where I never feel that thing ever again, because I ought not. Um, in other words, when I feel this kind of bad way about somebody that's done me wrong, I'm just going to try to be real honest about that and then not engage the conversation further, because that's not good for me. Um, that's, that's not going to take me to a good place. But I've got to start with the honesty, I can't pretend that I don't think it's awesome that somebody got their comeuppance. (laughs) That's not going to help. That's just going to, that's, that's, that's going to be hypocrisy because I really do feel that way. But what I, what I can do is, as the Lord is working on many many things in me at once, you know, the thing that's not at the forefront of what the Lord's doing, I'm going to try to keep that to a dull roar by keeping some best practices engaged, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna make the main thing the main thing. But I got to be honest about what I'm actually going through.
0: Amen. Oh, that's very very good stuff. And Glenn, if you can close us out on this, I think one of the things we um it, it's worth looking at here. Again, this person points out and the shot and forty thing is it's a symptom of kind of a, a deeper thing. And we actually say a lot around this ministry. Oh such such happened. That's because I'm a terrible person. And right. if you friends, if you think we say that on the podcast for a cheeky joke and don't say that from the stage and in conversations with pastors, you would be wrong. Yeah. Right. And for some people that's like, oh, I found it, this is awesome. That really freaks some people out because yeah. they're maybe not too comfortable with that. So where do we, if we're this kind of person who's heard this, where do we get that comfortable of, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't feel that, but I do. <laughs> so what's the end of that sentence that gets us some sanity? Well, I think the, the, if
3: I think of myself as basically a good person, uh, I end up being reminded that I'm not quite a little bit because I'm imperfect and that imperfection comes around. At a fairly steady and predictable rate. If I think of myself as a bad person, though, then I am tempted to think I'm supposed to feel bad about myself that I am bad. Sure, and that's the part where we really need to question that. Why am okay? I, I make mistakes. I do things wrong, etc. and so on. That means I don't deserve love? That's not how love works. You love you love a child whether they behave or not. I mean, it doesn't make any kind of sense. Love doesn't depend on behavior, it doesn't isn't measured by that. You don't have that kind of relationship. Also, God's perfect, right? But we're imperfect, so all of God's relationships that he has are with imperfect people. I'm going to die imperfect. I'm that's never going to change. A right. perfect God has a relationship with an imperfect human that's what's going on here. And that's never going to be anything different. I have to learn to live with that. Uh, In this case, I think it's really, as Lee is opening up here, you get caught up in the, you know, shooting yourself and the ought to's and all that. And you get into this mindset of, I I should be doing different and, and so on and so forth. I shouldn't be having these thoughts. But it's more important, as both these fellows are talking about, of engaging and identifying with those feelings and then pushing through. And and really, in many respects, kind of following those thoughts to their logical conclusion. Uh, so, for example, if you have a relationship with someone, let's say, and they break up with you, you're dating and they they break up with you, but you're feeling angry towards that person, and let's say something unpleasant happens to that person, and then you get a little bit of a dark thrill about that. And you hate yourself for feeling that way, but that's just how you feel. Okay, but here's the thing. You feel bad that they broke up with you. Here's the question you, again, engage with that feeling. Here's the question you have to ask yourself. Do you want them back based on the fact that they've done that? If you don't want them back, then being broken up isn't a thing that you have to be angry about every day. Right. You're better off. So let's move forward, so that's that's you only get to that realization by um embracing the feeling of that and then moving forward through it and and processing the logic of that situation. I don't want this relationship back. this place fired me, and I hate those people and the thing, and it's so unfair and so unjust, yeah, but would you want to work there now right well, no, not based on all that, well, okay, yeah. And that doesn't mean don't feel what you're feeling, but it also means recognizing that the anger that you feel about that is about that isolated circumstance, but you are also free from that thing that you feel uh, angry about. The truth is, um, I I think these guys are being kind of confessional with this, and I think that's the right approach from the standpoint of we do a lot of things that... Um, give us sort of a dark thrill, but aren't satisfying. And yep. meanness is a really big one. Man, say that! I mean, yeah. there's something about being mean that just there's it gives you against sort of this dark thrill this this feeling that gives you that little zing and you feel yeah. self righteous and you right. feel like i am so smart and i know how the world works you know we'll talk about uh, politics just I me and the fellas and stuff and and we'll always reach that point where you know one of us has to speak up and say yeah you know uh, I'm so glad I was here so I could solve all the problems of the world. You know, there, there comes that point where you you have to humble yourself and realize, nah, I don't really know anything about this. I have strong feelings about it, but I can I can get to this place where I am I am uh am uh, I'm, I'm sort of getting off on the negativity of that, and it gives me a certain zing. Yeah. But that's not joy. That's not. Peace. That's not a, an actual enjoyment of life. Uh, I was walking. Uh, uh, I was in New Orleans a, a couple of years ago, or a year and a half or so ago. And I'm walking up the, the the street, and this is like the touristy part of New Orleans where I'm at. And I'm going walking to a restaurant. And there's people there that are doing like a sidewalk of vendors. If you have ever been in the French Quarter, you know they have little little uh, stalls where they sell stuff and whatnot. And it's a public, wide open, very touristy area. And I walk by, and there's a guy, and he's selling T-shirts. And on this T-shirt t- 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 is a political cartoon. He's selling buttons, all different kind of things. But this T-shirt hanging there, right in a prominent view, right out in front of his stall, it has a political cartoon on it, and um, th- it was. Seriously, the most vulgar thing I've ever seen on display in public. It, it may be one of the most vulgar things I've seen in private, and it was in, uh, unbelievably sexist. It was a, a political cartoon, and uh, and and I went up to the guy. I'm like, you know, they're like children walking up and down this sidewalk. You, you dude, you 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 just can't. And I, uh, you know, I and he just, just you know looked at me funny, and I just walked off. But I realized in that moment, if I am telling you something is too vulgar, (laughs) oh, my good Lord, you've just lost your whole mind. But how do you get to that place? You get to that place because it it gives you some sort of feeling that you think of as good. You think of it as good, but it's not satisfying. It doesn't elevate you, doesn't allow you to get over these things. What all these people are, are, are saying on this podcast is, uh, you overcome these awful things that happen to you when you get to a place where you can dust your shoulders off and just move on. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's the real thing about that. And not only dust your shoulders off exactly the advice of someone who has done you wrong, that's also exactly the right advice for when these feelings and thoughts come on you. Yeah, yeah. We, talk yes, about, yes. we talked about before about you know, the, the verse about taking every thought captive, and that's, yeah. that's true. Sometimes that is so that you can discard it. Yeah, not everything you feel or think says something about you, which is what these guys are pointing to. You say, "Well, uh, he got fired. That's terrible." (laughs) I'm smiling because of how terrible it is. There's moments say, as these guys are saying, "I mean, what am I getting out of that?" Yeah, nothing positive. That's right. But it also that's that's different than saying, "Oh no." But I bet does that mean that God's really happy when something bad happens to me? Or however the, the guilt makes your makes your mind go? You say, oh uh, well, yeah, I, I I had that feeling because they were super uncool to me. But now is the time to let go of that and move on, and not necessarily interrogate it in that way. Which that when we make these jokes about um you know, well I'm a bad person, but hey, again, that's theologically accurate. Um, the, if you want to get your your full uh, reformed on. We're all super bad people and never going to be good people. We're bad. right? But then when you get to a certain comfort of that, as, as Glenn is saying, actually – uh, our fr- our coworker Pete and I were at uh, Cook County earlier this week, and that was something I was I was talking to the guys about and saying— You,
3: you mean Cook County Jail. Cook County Jail, yes. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: we were in Cook County.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: A very <laughs> specific part. <laughs> yes. We um, were at Cook County Jail, and a uh, time to some guys at chapel service, and the topic was not exa- b- exactly about this, but it was something like that. We're trying to do good, and I worry that when I mess up on that, God gets mad at me. And I was talking to one of these guys and said, okay, do you see yourself as a fundamentally good person, You're a fundamentally good Christian. He said, oh, yeah. Why? Well, you know, with the I said, yeah, but I mean, I've been doing a Christian thing for a while now. I'm real bad at it, but right. since I acknowledge that, pretty much every time I do something even remotely good, I just choose to celebrate that, right? right. Yeah. And right. when I think something awful, and I mean awful, right. the response is yeah, that seems about right.
3: Right. <laughs> well, you 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 might think you're a pretty good Christian compared to other Christians, but you're not a pretty good Christian. Compared to Christ, so yeah. that's a different thing.
0: Yeah, We're not grading this on a curve. Right. I'm really, really bad at this. Right. So the analogy I, I stole, and I've heard Glenn use it before, is if you were teaching a child to walk, who'd never walked before, and they made two steps and then fell down, you wouldn't say, well, Timmy, I guess you're just not committed to walking. Right. You'd say, well, that's progress. That's right. more steps than we've had up to this point, right. so let's go. And if you can give yourself a little, uh, we, again, that, that mindset of, well, According to Paul, there's this flesh that's raging and just wants to do whatever it wants to do. So if I only give it five seconds of entertaining it before I dismiss it, that's pretty good. Because I used to... in, in, in a previous time in my life, that thought of something bad happening to someone I don't like, that would have just sustained me for days. Yeah. yeah I would have right. just reveled in it, that's thought right. about it, roasted in it. But now yeah. I take a minute and go, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's right. I move on. And that's progress. That's right. Which is what we're all looking for. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. or dot com, or take out the song this week. We're going to go live to the bridge. We're going to take you to a Jed Brewer worship song called You've Made Up Your Mind. Woo. Yeah. that. Thanks for listening. We love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
3: To Say That Podcast, we're willing to slam the foods of all nations. When I mess
4: face up, it's easy to think. You love me less, but your love for me is choice you've made where you see.